Thank you. My name is Albus Brooks. I am the president of Denver City Council, and we want to thank you all and welcome you to the State of the City Address 2018. Please remain standing, and if you're not standing, stand, and join me in welcoming the Denver 
Municipal Jazz Band. All right, we have a special treat to kick off this year's uh, State of the City program. Please welcome Raquel Garcia uh, for a special performance. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. It's such a great pleasure to be here with you guys.
Raquel Garcia. Come on now. That girl can sing. All right, please stay standing. Um, it is my honor to, to introduce the presentation of the colors performed by the representatives of Denver Department of Public Safety. Lieutenant Rock and Officer Drone will sing the national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Was so gallantly streaming And the rockets regular The bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night That our flag was still there Say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave O'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? It is now my pleasure to introduce Stuart Tucker, a community activist in Denver who's also the CEO of Perspective Media to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. How's that? I haven't done this since I was a kid, but uh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna mess it up, but that's how America is. It's messed up, but... Uh, we can do something together, messed up, and still be good with it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty, justice for all. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Stuart. Fuck! 
You all may take your seats. <clears throat> One of the reasons we have an amazing city is because of amazing leaders. And I'd like to thank all of our elected officials who are on stage right, right now. Um, and I'd like to recognize each and every one of them and please stand. The Denver City Council. The presiding judge over Denver County Courts, Teresa Spahn. Denver District's Attorney, the Beth McCann. Auditor Tim O'Brien. Clerk and Recorder, Deborah Johnson. and our Deputy Mayor, Brendan Hanlon. Hey, they know you out there, okay. All right, now I wanna invite Reverend Catherine Farley from the Faith Baptist Church uh, to the podium to share this morning's invocation. Good morning. Please bow your heads, close your eyes, and focus on peace and pray with me. God, we appreciate as a city what life has given us as a gift and ask your continued blessings. We come with appreciation and respect to what has already been given. We value this moment and time together as Mayor Michael B. Hancock shares his meaningful and important information and in shaping the future of our city with clarity and clear directions. We ask for blessings upon the meticulous details and important concerns. God be with him and his staff as they move to make a difference with distinct values and purpose. Bless Denver's First Lady Mary Louise, their children and families. We give thanks and gratitude to them for their love and support. We pray for those employed with the city to be filled with peace and joy. When faced with feelings of being overworked and overwhelmed, give them strength for today, courage for the task, wisdom to make sense out of situations with no simple solutions and to be effective in their planning. Our future is determined by what we believe and what we do. Help us as we integrate a powerful, unique partnership in each other. Bless this city as we excel in business, financial concerns, discernment, and courageously working together for the utmost success of this city. 
Grant us an overflowing spirit of love to inspire and energize each other and especially our youth. Help our leaders to continue focusing on the greater good for this city and in times of disappointment, not to be discouraged. Teach them to be comfortable and waiting for the right opportunities when setting new directions to keep their hearts and faith in the process. And one last request, God, bless all of our professional sports team in every way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. My kind of, that's my kind of pastor. Um, you can't ever have too much prayer, so our next invocation is Pastor Eric Garcia. A scripture from the Apostle Paul to the people of Corinth. Finally, friends, be joyful. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you always. Let us pray once again. Dear God, we come before you today as a united people, acknowledging your presence amongst us. Lord, we thank you for our great city of Denver. We are grateful to live in such a blessed city, and we acknowledge that it is your hand of blessing that rests upon us. We thank you, Lord, for the rich history of Denver and for all those who have contributed to making Denver the prosperous city that we are privileged to call home. We pray for our mayor, Michael B. Hancock. Lord, we know that it is you who has appointed him as leader of our city. For your word declares that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We ask you to give him strength, wisdom, understanding, and perseverance to continue to lead us into many more thriving and successful seasons. We pray for his entire administration team, staff, leaders, and all those who serve our city so faithfully. Grant them wisdom to govern amid the conflicting interests and issues of our time. Give them a sense of the welfare and true needs of the people and the ability to work together in harmony. May your hand of protection, strength, gra grace, and blessing be upon them each and every day. Lord, we ask you to give us favor in all efforts, plans, and decisions that are set before us here today so that we may continue to serve our community and citizens with excellence. Let our great city of Denver continue to be an example of hope to all other cities. And above all, Lord, help us as a people to continue to live our lives in full obedience to your greatest commandment, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Let love always be our highest goal. We declare this morning that a spirit of unity would continue to bind us together with one purpose, to see our city prosper for generation, many generations to come. It's in your name we pray, amen. Give a hand to Pastor Garcia, thank you. All right, I'm gonna introduce our mayor, uh, but before I do that, I wanna see a show of hands. How many, this is your first time in the Carla Madison Rec Center? All right. This is my predecessor, Carla Madison. She's looking down, she's very excited. Come and work out here anytime. All right, the mark of a great mayor is someone who is connected to the soul of the people, 
And a great merit stewards power and stimulates progress. A great mayor knows that a plowed street is just as important as a paved path to the future and knows how to accomplish both. A great mayor builds bridges, not barriers, and seeks the peace of the city. People of Denver, we have a great mayor. I was once told that to be a great leader, you must have an open mind, thick skin, and a soft heart. And over the last seven years, I have seen firsthand the dedication of Mayor Hancock to this city and how he has led us into a new frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce our leader for all the Denverites, Mayor Michael B. Hancock. Thank you very much. Thank you, Council President Brooks. You know, today, tonight, he will hand over the President's Chair of City Council. After two years as a leader of City Council. But today I want to acknowledge the fact that, Councilman Brooks, you and your family have gone through a lot. The way you have battled and beat cancer twice is nothing short of an inspiration to all of us. His family, his mom, I see Debbie and his lovely mom are here and lovely children, thank you as well for giving us Councilman Brooks and going through this storm with him. Good morning. You all look good. Thank you for being, what'd you think of Raquel Garcia? My, my, my. You know, I always watch Mary Louise when young people are singing, and when she does this, you know you're doing something. Girl, you knocked that out the park. We're going to hear about her again. Y'all remember that name. Practice it over and over in your head, Raquel Garcia. I want to thank all of you for being here. I want to thank the members of City Council, Clerk and Recorder, Johnson, Auditor O'Brien, Presiding Judge Spahn, and District Attorney McCann, our former mayor and former first lady, Wellington and Wilma Webb, are here as well as they always are. Thank you so much for your support and partnership. Our great governor, the John Hickenlooper, is also here. <laughs> as he as he as he enters the home stretch, let let's thank him for his dedicated service to Denver and Colorado. Godspeed, Governor. We 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 wish you luck on whatever is next. We also have elected leaders from our state legislature who are here as well. We want to thank all of our state elected leaders, our lieutenant governors here. And of course, we have uh, regional leaders, leaders from all over the region here, uh, even our mayor from Colorado Springs, Mayor John Southers made it. I'm going to ask all of our regionally elected leaders to stand up, mayors from all over, county commissioners. Thank you all very much for being here. Sadly, one is missing. 
my friend, your friend, the late, great mayor of Aurora, Steve Hogan. He is deeply missed, but his legacy and service and regionalism will endure forever. Let's give Steve Hogan a round of applause and abstentia. My family is also with us today. You know, there is only one Hancock who has sought public service and the scrutiny that comes with it. My family has borne the brunt of that decision, especially over the last six months. Mary Louise and Janae, Jordan, Mama, James, my family. I love you all very much. Thank you for being my rock. I, I can never do that without getting emotional, you know? And maybe because I'm getting older, I'll be 49 at the end of this month. I, I, yeah, I know, I can't believe that either. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I, I find myself being more emotional these days, and I, I often find myself reflecting on this enormous, enormous privilege. You have given me to be your mayor these past seven years, doing these amazing, amazing moments in time and history. If you had told that little boy in Five Points that he would be mayor of Denver one day, during an unprecedented expansion of opportunities and challenges, I would have thought you lost your marbles. But we're here. By the grace of God, we are here. My family and I are grateful for the support, love, and kindness shown to us by our Denver family. And that family includes 12,000 city employees. Thanks to them and our peak performance program, your city government is now globally recognized for innovation and efficiency, and they've saved taxpayers nearly $30 million since 2011. And of course, my cabinet and appointees, I am honored to work with you every day. I want you to know that. And to witness your awesome dedication to our great city. Now I want you to know that when the deputy mayor was introduced, that loud roar you heard came from all the appointees and, and cabinet members. And I looked at him, I said, what's going on? He says, I'm CFO as well. <laughs> Please join me in honoring all our city employees for their tremendous dedication. Speaking of employees who give their all, thank you to the staff here at Carla Madison Rec Center for hosting us. Carla would have been so proud of this place. She would have just loved this rec center. This is Denver's newest rec center, and it was designed by neighbors for neighbors. And by the way, it was built without debt. They wanted it here, connected to the historic infrastructure of Denver, the Esplanade leading to City Park, a legacy of Denver City beautiful movement led by Mayor Robert Speer. This is an awesome place. You know, 100 years ago, in a moment not unlike today, Denver had to decide how it would manage record growth. Will we become a city for people or factories? Mayor Speer and the people of Denver chose a bold path to build City Park, Civic Center, and new auditoriums to improve streets and lighting, create better stormwater systems, and so much more. Of course, there were skeptics, 
But the people of Denver chose to grow their way. We did it again a generation ago when the decision was made to build Denver National Airport. I remember the Rocky Mountain News predicted it would be Federico Pena's Waterloo. The wisdom of building our airport may seem obvious today, but it was a close call. Mayor Pena and the people embraced the moment, and now our airport is Colorado's number one economic engine. We're... Whether it's spurring a movement or moving an airport, every one of these decisions has been about improving and strengthening and add to what we love without losing our sense of community. Mayor Speer, a third-term mayor, by the way, <laughs> took... <laughs> I'm letting some of y'all catch up. <laughs> took the city beautiful movement and trans de transformed Denver for generations. Denver, we are at another transform transformational moment in our history. Denver is on the rise. Oftentimes, a city's progress is measured by the tangible, by what was built, roads, parks, monuments. But I believe our progress must be measured by the intangibles. What changes lives, builds up people, social justice, access to opportunity, and promoting equity in our communities, particularly in times of prosperity. That is the full measure of a city on the rise. That has been my administration's mission over the last seven years. When I first took office, we were in the grips of the Great Recession and faced double-digit unemployment. But together, we, the people of Denver, got this city moving again. 90,000 new jobs, 6,600 new businesses, 2.4% unemployment, and one of the strongest local economies in the nation, 5,000 affordable homes for families citywide, $1 billion of annual economic benefit from 41 new U.S. and international flights, more small businesses are succeeding and growing, more Denver kids have quality after-school programs and early childhood education. All of them have free access to rec centers like this one, and so do our seniors. More police officers and firefighters keeping our neighborhoods safe. Today, seven years later, you have more protected parkland, nearly 1,000 acres, playgrounds and outdoor recreation in more neighborhoods, longer library hours and more streets we paved. We have eliminated our city's structural budget deficit while also growing our savings. Denver, we can be proud of these accomplishments. We've made tough decisions, and we made them together, all of us. But the work isn't done. Cities change. Denver is transforming. And this growth is putting serious pressure on our people. Traffic, housing, cost increases. I feel it too. Our clarion call is to seize this moment and set Denver's people and neighborhoods on an equitable path of prosperity for the next 100 years. We need to make sure people can afford to live here. We need to protect what we love about our neighborhoods. This is how Denver will continue to rise together. The state of our city is the state of each of us. 
everyone living and working in every part of our city, from Sunnyside to Hamden, the airport to Bear Valley. You know, walking down the 16th Street Mall one day, I was stopped by a young man, and we got to talking about all that was happening in Denver and the success that Denver is experiencing. And he looked at me with all the passion and, and seriousness in his eyes, and he said, what about the people who are working hard but are falling behind? What about us? You know, I saw myself in that young man. I saw my brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and the neighborhoods where we grew up. Reflecting on that moment, I recall the words of the great civil rights leader, Benjamin Mays. You know, it isn't a calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled, but it is a calamity not to dream. It is not a disgrace not to reach the stars, but it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach for. I know the pain of feeling left behind, of feeling hopeless. I don't want that for any of our people, but I know some of you feel it, and you deserve a city that is working on your behalf every day. Every person in Denver is important. I wanna make that clear. How we succeed, How we succeed as a city depends on whether everyone's streets are safe and maintained, and that everyone has access to good jobs, decent and affordable housing, modern transportation, and good parks, and good schools. Denver succeeds because our people drive that success. It's the success and vision of our people that spurred Denver to rise in the ranks of global cities, all while embracing diversity, nourishing freedom of expression, and yes, welcoming immigrants. Global cities. Global cities are certainly about expanding economic opportunity. But in these times, they offer something else. They are, we are, beacons of progressive values. They are, we are places where more than one language is welcomed, not feared. They, these are places where children are schooled, not separated from their parents or put in cages. They, they are, Denver, we are places where values of inclusion and equity are celebrated. Global cities open doors. They don't, we don't build walls. And we've made Denver a great and welcoming place to live. Now, through new challenges, but also new opportunities, we need to make sure our people's place in our city is secure. City Beautiful was about architecture and public spaces. The equity movement we are creating is about neighborhoods, and people, neighborhoods that are accessible, inclusive, and affordable, an economy that extends opportunity to everyone, a city that preserves its history, character, and sense of community, even in the midst of transformative change. This movement's already rolling. With the major infrastructure repairs and improvements the people of Denver supported to benefit our neighbors and our neighborhoods, Rosario and her neighbors wanted a rec center in their neighborhood. We listened 
and the Westwood Rec Center will be paid, fully paid for through the Elevate Denver bonds. Irene wanted more and better sidewalks along East Colfax. Viviana wanted us to reconnect Sun Valley by fixing 16th Street, excuse me, 13th Avenue. Cecilia and her neighbors wanted a pedestrian bridge over the train tracks in Hilaria, Swansea to help get their kids to school safely and on time. Done, done, and done. Every single person in this city will benefit from these improvements. Every person. Our libraries are getting an upgrade. Our parks and museums are going to get better. Our streets are going to be safer and we will have more connected bike and pedestrian networks. Several neighbors are, are here representing the thousands of residents we, we heard from and helped us to shape the Elevate Denver bond. I'm going to ask them to please stand. Please stand up. If you wrote, us in, wrote in to us ideas about the Elevate Denver bonds, please stand up so we can acknowledge your leadership. Thank you so much. This equity movement that we, the people, are creating together will lift up all our neighborhoods. The Denver Right Plan's coming out next month. We're also informed by thousands of Denver residents, and they were very clear about, they how, about how they want Denver to grow over the next 20 years. We must retain our history and remain healthy, active, sustainable, accessible, and inclusive. Providing that equity for all neighborhoods and all people is how Denver will continue to rise. Affordable housing remains a primary challenge to achieving that equity. We have made great progress helping first-time homebuyers, connecting families with new affordable options, protecting renters from eviction, and easing the tax burden on seniors and those with disabilities. You know, one quarter of all affordable homes in the city were created with city support over the past seven years alone. But we must do more. Next month, the city and Denver Housing Authority will ask City Council to double our affordable housing fund to $300 million using marijuana taxes. With a surge of upfront funding through bonding, we'll be able to reduce and preserve 6,000 affordable homes for families over the next five years. In 2018, we will invest more money in one year than ever before to deliver housing Denver families can afford, some $40 million. And working with City Council and the Housing Advisory, we're looking to add new tools to our housing toolbox, land trusts, land banking, accessory dwelling units, a, res uh, a resident preference policy, extending minimal affordability periods, and Councilwoman Kanisha's income non-discrimination proposal, which I think is phenomenal and very powerful. We're also pushing to get more affordable housing from developers. Denver's increased focus on housing has also extended to those experiencing homelessness. We've housed more than 6,300 families and individuals nearly tripled our annual investment in services and support, and helped open three new shelters. We're also expanding two of our most successful efforts, our innovative supportive housing program for the chronically homeless, and the Denver Day Works, which provides jobs for the homeless and is driving groups like the Colfax Bid to create similar efforts. Listen to this, when our homeless outreach team met Olivia, she had been homeless for several years. Today, 
She has a new home at the Sanderson Apartments, which is part of our supportive housing program. She has a new job, is starting to save money and wants to use her experience to help other women who have faced similar challenges. Olivia is here today. Let's show her some love. Where is Olivia in the room? There she is. Thank you. Councilman Clark, look, uh, Olivia, I understand that despite your five-foot frame, you're quite the ball on the basketball court. So when this is over, Councilman Joe Long Clark wants to challenge you. Want to stand up? He said he'll take you all. <laughs> Equity and access to opportunity for our people must also extend to our neighborhoods. Norman Harris III grew up in Five Points, a fifth-generation Denver right. Norm has worked hard to preserve one of Denver's greatest traditions, the Juneteenth celebration. When he was out, yeah. When, when he was out recently letting neighbors know Welton would be closed for the celebration, he, he heard something that stopped him in his tracks. A neighbor wanted to know why. They had no idea what Juneteenth was or what it meant to Five Points, the Harlem of the West that once welcomed the likes of Billie Holiday, Dizzy Gillespie, and Louis Armstrong. I was there when Jim, James Brown showed up one night for a concert <laughs> as a kid. There is a responsibility that comes with change. We should be looking beyond building new things. We should be elevating the people and places that make our neighborhoods so special. These are people and places with history and community. They should be added to, not displaced or replaced. Since I was a child, the Rossonian Hotel has been boarded up there on Weldon. And that's why I was overjoyed when I saw what Haroon Cowan had engineered for the rebirth of the historic Rossonian. Haroon is here today. Haroon and his partners are here today. And I want to thank him, publicly thank him and his partners. Matt Burkett, stand up Matt. Chauncey Billups and Paul Books for breathing new life back into this great anchor of Five Points. I couldn't miss Matt. He's got that fro happening, man. Looking good. Many neighborhoods today are facing, are facing what Five Points has faced for decades. We should never stop investing in our neighborhoods or making improvements that raise residents' quality of life. But we should also have strategies to keep families who want to stay in their neighborhoods from being displaced. Long before the flashpoint we saw in November involving Ink Coffee's reckless advertising, we had directed our economic strategy to address the looming challenges of gentrification. I want to pause there and let you know that that was one of the most stunning, disappointing, and painful moments I've ever experienced in the city, and certainly as mayor. But that is why today we will be taking an even stronger role in connecting people to opportunity so no one is left behind. We are calling it the Equity Platform. We will be establishing a new neighborhood equity and stabilization team called NEST. The team will deploy resources specifically tailored to neighborhoods that are under threat of gentrification as new public and private investment comes in. They will jump in with residents and local businesses to understand their needs and blunt any threatened loss of culture, character, and community that investment may cause. We already know 
how this equity-focused approach can change the game. In Westwood, we're seeing significant improvement in the well-being of kids and families thanks to clear investments in high-quality preschool, childcare, healthcare, and economic opportunity. opportunity. To support the work of the Neighborhood Equity and Stabilization Team, we're going to replicate the Resource Center model already at work at the Valdez Prairie Library in Hilaria, Swansea. With these new centers, residents will have easy direct access to financial coaches, social services, and housing resources right in their own neighborhoods. The National Western Center, Colorado Convention Center, and Elevate Denver Bond Projects will create thousands of jobs over the next decade. And good jobs that pay good wages are vital to the equity movement. So we will also be ensuring that residents living near these major public construction projects are targeted to fill those new jobs. Today, 357 people have already received the Work Now industry training provided by Colorado Resource Partners. And I was just informed this morning that 200 of them have already secured employment. And I look forward to continuing to work with council members Kanish and Ortega on this very important and vital effort. We will also strengthen efforts to better prepare our minority and women-owned businesses to take part in the billions of dollars of public investment coming to our city. And we've also been making it very clear that we expect our private sector partners, contractors, and developers to do their part as well. Finally, I'm excited to tell you we will be starting a new race and social justice initiative that will prepare city agencies and employees to identify, evaluate, and address the economic and racial impact of new programs, new city programs. We should not be afraid to acknowledge that implicit bias exists and is a part of all of us. But let's also have the courage to face it and do something about it. <laughs> yeah. Equity must be a value that applies to everything we do as a city, including mobility. Without safe, reliable, and affordable mobility options, we're all stuck in neutral. An 8 a.m. commute where everyone is driving a car by themselves cannot be Denver's future, even if those cars are self-driving. It's a contradiction in a city on the rise. So I want you to know I hear you, and I agree with you. Our city's future must offer everyone more ways to get around by biking, walking, and taking transit. It's time our streets learn to share. For Randy Kilborn, a <laughs> For Randy Kilborn, a 19-year CAP resident, mobility is essential. From his unique perspective, Randy is helping to improve mobility equity and options for everyone. With nearly half of the funding from Elevate Denver Bonds going to mobility, we are primed and ready to get moving. We're going to be filling more of our sidewalk gaps and making sure repairs get made. Today, I'm excited to announce that we will be accelerating the build out of our bike network, adding 125 more miles of bike lanes over the next five years. That's right. One, two, five. 
I want to thank Director of Public Works, Ulysses Cleckley, who walked in my office and said, this is going too slow. We got to speed this up. I'm sure everyone else thanks you as well, Ulysses. <laughs> It's also time for the next phase of shared mobility. This includes dockless bikes and, hear this, electric scooters. <laughs> we heard you. Now stop emailing me. <laughs> and equitably expanding these services into disconnected lower income neighborhoods. And if voters this fall approve a statewide treasure, uh, transportation measure, and we hope you will, that will give us additional funding to get more aggressive in making major congestion and vision zero focused safety improvements on major corridors like Colfax and Federal. In the words of President Obama, and I'm paraphrasing, don't cheer, vote. While RTD does a good job moving people regionally, there are service gaps within our city that we need to fill on our own. In the next few months, I hope to join with several partners to test a new shuttle service that will better connect downtown with Cap Hill and Cherry Creek. And to our friends at RTD, we urge you to adopt the proposal before you, which will dramatically reduce fares for students and low-income residents and make transit free for all youth under 12. We know we need to pick up the pace, so we're kicking off a new initiative where city crews will be walking neighborhoods with residents and working together to immediately fix what needs fixing. We're ready to get going this uh, very soon in Sun Valley and West Colfax. It could be replacing a stop sign at an intersection, improving a neighborhood bikeway, or addressing potholes and, and curbs. Small, small fixes like these can make a difference to a neighborhood. Our commitment to you, Denver, is that our crews will show up ready to walk the walk, talk the talk, and then get to work. Same goes for our commitment to an affordable, reliable, and sustainable energy future. Reducing carbon emissions is a must. Climate change threatens our people directly, putting our health, environment, and economy, our very way of life, at risk. In 2015, we pledged to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in Denver 80% by 2050. Tomorrow, we will become one of just a few American cities with an action plan to get us there. We're going to lead by example, though, by moving our city facilities to 100% renewable electricity by 2025. And here's what you've been waiting for. We will have a community-wide target of 2030. It is time. I know those are bold, aspirational goals. I know cost and technology will, will determine how we get there, but we must act. And I'm grateful for our partnership with Excel Energy, the nation's leading utility when it comes to reducing emissions and building a path toward a clean energy future. Just as clean energy and carbon reduction are vital to a sustainable future. So too are parks, trees, and open spaces. 
You know, Mayor Spears' beautiful city, beautiful movement envisioned Denver as a city within a park with a drive for greater equity for our people and neighborhoods. That's a legacy we can add to, and together we will. Our goal is for every resident to live within a 10-minute walk of a park. Every resident. Our families deserve nothing less than easily accessible, safe, and fun parks where children of all ages can play together. Eight in 10 Denver residents meet that goal today. That's 80%. With $136 million from Elevate Denver Bonds, we will accelerate our work to improve our parks and bring more recreational opportunities to more people and more neighborhoods. I want you to know that right now, there is a group of kids in the Cole neighborhood leading the community's reimagination of St. Charles Park. We're proud to be their partners. Recently, I met these kids at their first community meeting. Their vision for what their neighborhood park could be was a real inspiration. I love that these young leaders are doing this and what they are doing is truly inspirational. Their enthusiasm and optimism match this moment in Denver's history. This is how we build stronger neighborhoods together. And I understand those, Cole, those young people from Co are here today. I want us to give them some love because we need to encourage them to keep going. Are you here? There you are, wave your hands in the air, there they are. Thank you. We also create stronger neighborhoods when our neighbors trust the people serving them. Seven years ago, after a tumultuous decade rocked by high-profile excessive force cases and community outrage, we knew the old way of policing wasn't accessible. Today, our police department and Denver residents are working together like never before to improve community safety, accountability, and dialogue between officers and neighbors. And we have, and we have Chief Robert C. White to thank for that. <laughs> I, I, I know it hasn't always been easy, Chief, but you transformed our police department. Thanks to your leadership, we'll have a new use of force policy that emphasizes de-escalation. Officers now wear body cameras, and our department has prioritized listening and engaging with the community. You have helped the department regain the community's trust and confidence. Everyone, please join with me in honoring Chief White and his lovely wife, Valerie, for their service, devotion to our great city. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. You know, this is not on script. But as Chief White prepares to retire after 46 years in uniform, 46 years, we are blessed to have had his service here. And five minutes before he and I walked before the cameras, he grabbed my arm and he looked me in the eye and he says, I know you get just one shot at this. Recognized and I had taken the unprecedented move to call for a chief outside of the department. First time since 1950 that that occurred. I want to just say to you publicly, Chief White, there wasn't a moment you let me down. And when you made a mistake, you acknowledged it. 
but you were bold, you were courageous in your leadership, and we are grateful for your service. You're a great man. I'm gonna also ask you to join me in congratulating Denver's 70th police chief, our new police chief, Paul Smiley Pazin. Where are you, Paul? There you are, chief. I know Chief Smiley Pazin will do a tremendous job in carrying on Chief White's legacy, raising that bar and keeping Denver one of the safest big cities in America. Certainly it takes more than a committed chief to get it, this job done, to keep us safe. It also takes thousands of committed men and women. I want to ask you if you'll join me in thanking all of our first responders. The folks when we pick up 911 are responding there to be with us, to take care of us and our families. Those are our police officers, our sheriff deputies, our firefighters, and our paramedics. We thank you for your service. and our United States military. <laughs> keeping us safe also means keeping our safety net strong. Unfortunately, city jails have become some of the largest providers of mental health care and addiction treatment and officers and deputies are often forced to act as social workers. It shouldn't be like that, but that's the reality all over the country. So we took the initiative to team up uh, our patrol officers with mental health professionals. And to date, those co-responders have connected nearly a thousand people in crises with treatment, not a ticket or not time in jail. So new way of doing business. Our homeless outreach teams are working every day to connect these, those experiencing homelessness to services. When the opiate crisis came to our libraries, the library set up peer navigators to help connect people to treatment. And the jails are now staffed 24-7 with mental health professionals. So please join me in recognizing these social workers, these clinicians who've come to the city and say we are here to serve. Our social workers, I know you're here. Please stand up. Thank you. Thank you. There they are. In the face of this continual, continuing behavioral health crisis, I've directed city agencies to devise a new and comprehensive approach to improving our drug treatment and prevention programs. We need to because we saw a 15% increase in overdose deaths just last year. Next week, we will release a substance misuse strategic action plan, and this summer, we will begin piloting a 24-7 treatment on-demand program with Denver Health. Thank you, Dr. Wittenstein. To help get people, to get people access to treatment, housing and support. We're figuring out how to broaden the reach of peer navigators into homeless shelters, the courts, and other places. Finally, and I want us to hear this very clear because your city is in the mix. We must be clear that this opiate crisis could have been avoided, yet for greed and indifference. 
I have directed the city attorney's office under the leadership of Kristen Bronson to use every legal tool available in holding opiate manufacturers liable for the social and economic devastation their actions have caused our city and our people. This city's greatest strength is its people, all its people, and their success is what propels not only this equity movement, but our entire city forward. We, the people, that is foundational to who we are as a city and as a democratic, compassionate nation. The right of opportunity, of equity, belongs to us all. We, the people, stand together and still hold true that which is self-evident, that all of us are created equal because we know that we are the sum of our parts and that everyone matters. We the people remember our past, celebrate it, cherish it, and preserve it because we know that our history defines who we are and strengthens our resolve to achieve more. And we, the people, will continue to strive for the idea that progress and justice are the righteous path to a greater, more inclusive society. Because we know, no matter how hard some try to divide us, even literally trying to divide families, we will remain united. That's what great cities do, and that's certainly what a great nation should do. And I want you to know, and I believe this firmly in my heart, if anyone running for office this November, thinks we should be following the White House's example here in Colorado, quite frankly, they don't deserve, they don't deserve to lead our great state. We, the people, we will be a city that harnesses inclusion and equity and acceptance for all people, no matter if you're African-American, Latino, Asian, Native American, or white, LGBTQ or straight, man or woman, and yes, we will be a city that welcomes immigrants and refugees to our great city who want to work hard, who want a chance at opportunity, who want to pursue the American dream. You have a place in Denver, Colorado. We will keep working every day to make the state of our city stronger, the state of our people even better. All people, we, the people, all of Denver's people and neighborhoods will rise, will rise together. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless the city and county of Denver. Give it up one more time for my Mayor Michael B. Hancock. I know some of you are leaving, but we're not quite done yet. You can have a seat, take a load off your feet. 
Mayor Hancock, we want to thank you for that message of building a truly inclusive city that starts at the neighborhood scales, but has global impact. I want to invite up Pastor Jason Jantz from Providence Bible Church to give the first benediction. Thank you. As a member of the diverse uh, clergy council, I appreciate the honor for my brothers and sisters to give a benediction. I respect the fact that we have people here of many different faiths and beliefs. I'll be praying today for my Christian tradition. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you today for our great city. We think of the Native Americans who first dwelt here to the men and women who rushed here seeking a new life as we discovered gold. To the diverse people, red, yellow, black, and white, who decided to settle here and make this one of the greatest cities of our nation. We stand here today and praise you for the queen city of the plains, a city beautiful, a global city. We have moved from a cow town, and for some reason now we're cool. We don't even understand how it happened, but it's a great city. But we also beseech you today. It's one thing to have a booming city. But if we don't have love, we have become the sound of expanding construction and honking road rage. You have commanded us to love you and to love our neighbor. And we hang our heads at the hate we see today. We mourn the young man who went to high school next door, slain just blocks from here a few weeks ago. We mourn the people that are displaced. And now we have almost 700,000 residents. And sometimes, God, love comes hard. But we need a love explosion in our city. May it break forth. May it break out from our streets in downtown to the parks and open spaces that we love. May it break out in our 78 neighborhoods, from the retail centers of Cherry Creek to the revitalized Holly Square and Park Hill. May it break out in Garden Place Academy in Globeville to the diverse, sprawling neighborhoods of the Green Valley Ranch. May it break forth in the historic, beautiful Sloan's Lake to the bustling jewel that is Wash Park. May it break forth in the quiet, strong, tree-lined streets of Harvey Park to our multinational refugee citizens of Sun Valley. May it just break forth. We cannot accomplish anything that was talked about today without lovers, a vast sea of lovers. And we stand in the audience today of some great lovers. Lord, we believe everybody on this stage is doing their public service because they love people. In this room, there are hundreds of lovers, but Lord, we need strength to love. We need great lovers with a collective purpose, moving beyond our individual interests. So give us great lovers. Give us strength to love. May they be lovers who are poor in spirit, the humble ones who put others first. May you give us strength to be lovers who mourn, who know the hurts of our city, and will weep with those who weep. Lord, may you make, give us strength to be lovers who are meek, who have power, but we use our power for the good of others. Lord, give us strength to love as those who hunger and thirst for justice, who give the marginalized all that they deserve. Lovers who are merciful, who give everyone a second and third and fourth chance, and even 70 times seven. Lovers who are pure in heart, who do it just because it's the right thing to do. 
lovers who are peacemakers, who bring together diverse communities to be all unified together as we seek to make this great city even greater. And Lord, give our lovers strength, who in spite of their love, they are persecuted for it, lied about, and insulted. May they keep on loving. As Dr. King said, may we stick to love because hate is too great a burden to bear. Because love is the only force capable of turning an enemy into a friend. As you showed us yourself on the cross, we pray this in the great name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jans, for your inspiring words. Um, we're going to bring up now for the second benediction, Reverend Victoria Aguilar from Iglesia Cristana Maranatha to offer her benediction. Good afternoon. Please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, creator of all that is good, you have heard the plans of, our, of your servant, Mayor Michael Hancock. Lord, he and his leadership of this city have taken on an admirable responsibility to take care of its citizens. Lord God, I ask that you take care of their own families to care for those who care for us. I pray that you would reward all of our public servants who have dedicated their lives to promoting the common good for our city. Direct the steps of our mayor and his staff. Let the work of their hands prosper. Lord, may our eyes and our ears be open to the needs of all people in our city. Lord, as you instructed Joshua, your servant, when leading the people from the Jordan to the Promised Land, you instructed him to be of courage and strength. And so I ask you to give our mayor strength and courage for the vision and the task that has been set before him. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we've reached the end. This, in closing, I'd like to say thank you to Happy Haynes and our staff, John Martinez, with the Carla Madison Rec Center. Wasn't it beautiful? We also like to thank all the other city departments uh, prov providing uh, food and refreshments uh, for the following cookout. I want to let everybody know everyone is invited to come eat at the cookout. Um, Mayor Hancock's going to be outside, all the elected officials as well. It'll be right over here at the es Esplanade at East High School. And so we're going to exit now. The jazz band is going to play, and then we'll see you outside. Thank you for coming.
Thank you.